Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's 134 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott. Uh, working from the home office. Brendan's over at the 630 Chet Studios. Jack and myself, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown. Uh, we'll have the face-off show tomorrow night at 6. Puck drop 830, Game 3, Edmonton and Chicago. Our Oilers now headliner is brought to you by Touchback Safety. From fall protection to forklift training, trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. We welcome back to the show uh, Al May, a longtime NHL broadcaster, a guy that willed himself uh, to play over 400 games in the league. Um, Al, I just wanted, first of all, just to express my condolences on the passing of Devin. I know it's been a challenging time for you over the last several months, but we're really happy to have you uh, back on the show, and I, and I hope you're doing as well as you can be uh, right now. Hey, thanks a lot, Bob. It's, uh, you know, never anything you ever want to experience in your life. It's every parent's biggest nightmare, and uh it's been four months now, and I think probably more than anything, my entire family needed us to get back to hockey and have other things to talk and think about. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, uh, it's it, uh, it for those of us that have been dealing day, daily, and we've, Al, I did 95 out of 96 shows during uh, during the pause. I, you know, we just wanted to, to get back to getting after it. So let's get after it here. Uh, the Washington Capitals winners of the Stanley Cup a couple years ago, uh, they played Tampa. By the way, what do you, th- first of all, you're an opinionated guy. What do you think of this format, uh, given the uniqueness of the situation with the pandemic? You know what? I, I'm not going to argue with it. And a lot, there's so many people that don't like it, but you need the top four teams' games to matter somewhat. Uh, and they are getting a push. I can't see a team that's playing five rounds winning the Stanley Cup. I just think that they would be too gassed by the end of it. But, you know, it's creative. Everything is so different right now. Look, we're playing in an arena that looks like a video game, and, and they've done a really good job of that. So I, I am fine with the format. And maybe I'll hate it by the, you know, the start of October when we're crowning a Stanley Cup champ. But for right now, you know what, a lot of creative thought went into it. It wasn't just the owners and the GMs deciding on this. The Players Association, the players were a part of it. And if we're going to have those extra teams in the playoffs that necessarily didn't, you know, need to be or want to be, I, I still think it's happy. I'm happy to get the games back. And I think the volume of games is what makes a lot of people happy. The fact that, you know, a guy that loves hockey 
there's a lot of men and women out there that absolutely love hockey and they've watched every single game so far. And I'm pretty much one of them. So I, I'm fine with all the extra games. And, and you know, I, I can't see, you know, one of the, the teams that has to play five rounds going all the way. I just think they're going to be too beat up. Yeah. Uh you, you know, you work on the Washington Capitals TV broadcast. How, I know you guys did a was, – was yesterday your guys' first show, or did you do the exhibition game as well? No, yesterday was the first show, and uh, very unique, very different. And uh, I, I was just happy to be working talking hockey on television again. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, what did you think of how Washington looked against Tampa Bay? Do you notice a difference between this round robin play and then maybe the play we're seeing with the qualifier playoff series? Do you notice a different well, tempo the, or pace? I have. In the first period of these round robin games, the teams have looked kind of like preseason mode. I like the Caps' effort in their preseason game and the Tampa. Lightning, their, their effort in the preseason game that they have. But in the first period yesterday, Washington looked like they were still playing the old-fashioned version of preseason hockey. And then T.J. Oshie took it upon himself to drop the gloves and inspire his team. And then after that, we had a really good playoff-looking hockey game. There was a lot of hits. There were scrums after the whistles, all that good language that we love to hear when hockey players are pushing and shoving. So, you know what, after the first period of yesterday's game with the Caps, I, I was more than happy with the quality of play the rest of the way. And I think now... They understand, hey, we've got to get ready. You know, these other teams are, are, you know, scratching and clawing. They're fighting tooth and nail to be able to get to the next round and to see who they're seated against. And, you know, you take a look at Columbus more than any team in the league. They're junkyard dogs. They get after the puck, and they're intense. I think every player realizes we've got to get our intensity level up. This isn't just a, a great time in the NHL bubble village, you know, Guys are going to have fun, but you got to put your you got to put it all on the line to make these games worthwhile for yourself. You came back this late in, in the summer, and you're playing hockey in August. You might as well make the best and put your best foot forward every single time you're on the ice. Al, from your perspective, and I know it's just one game so far, but is Columbus the wrong type of team to play Toronto just because of their ability to protect the house, the fact that they have no other way but to be committed, and that they got playoff success last year with a mammoth upset because they could play that way. Well, there's only one team in the NHL that can play them that, that style, and that's Carolina, who's a little bit faster, has a little bit more goal-scoring punch. But at the same time, you can't get to the net on a Tortorella team. And he's got this team dialed in. I did not want the Caps to play them in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, that, you know, get, get them to the second round. But they battle so hard, they're in your face. And you look at the adversity that team went through this season. They were in it every night, and I've seen anywhere from 8 to 12 players injured at a time, injured, ill, what have you. And they were going out there and continuing to win, committed to their game plan. And uh, John Tortorella may be my favorite coach. He's one of my favorite people in the world. And that team is as tenacious as he is, and they are tough. The Toronto Maple Leafs like to play fancy hockey. They like to do all this extra stuff with the puck, play a lot in the perimeter. Well, that's exactly what the Blue Jackets want, so they can pummel you through the boards. Yeah, well, and I mean, it was a clinic in game one of that series. We're joined right now by longtime NHL player and broadcaster Al May. Works on the Capitals television broadcast. He's a regular here in Oilers now. Al, uh, Montreal Canadiens, Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh is deep, deep. I think they've got a deeper team up front this year than they had when they beat the Caps in back-to-back years on route to winning those two Cups. Uh, but Carey Price, it's a great equalizer, isn't it, goaltending? Well, it is. But the biggest thing with Montreal is they have to rely on playing defensive hockey. Carey Price is absolutely amazing, but at the same time, he's nothing if the team doesn't crowd the house around him. And you, you can't let Pittsburgh have, you know, odd man rushes. And that, you know, Capitals learn the hard way in the playoffs. You know, they, 
They try to go smash mouth against them, try to go end-to-end. And, uh, you know, out Pittsburgh, the Penguins, which I don't think you can do. But for Montreal to be able to beat them, you have to have great goaltending no matter who you are in the National Hockey League. But you got to have everyone back on the buy-in. You've got to have all five guys down in the house blocking shots, getting in the way with their sticks. You know, just eliminate the odd man rush because that's all. You know, if, if you're going to play Pittsburgh, I think you have to stack the blue line with five guys and force them to dump the puck in because they've got a lot of speed. They don't have a lot of size. They've got a lot of puck skill. They've got a lot of incredible players that can, you know, shoot off the pass, shoot and stride. So the biggest thing is to frustrate them and not let them have those opportunities. But they're a working team too. Mike Sullivan's done an incredible job of creating such a, a great environment. And you know, Sidney Crosby competes probably harder than any player in the National Hockey League every game. And uh, Sullivan's coaching the team to the way that Sidney plays as well. And it, it's all involved every game. And they are fun to watch. And I'm not supposed to say that in Washington that I love watching the Penguins play, but but I love watching the Penguins play. And Sidney Crosby to be is still the best player in hockey. Uh, the least surprised I am about anything is that the New York Islanders are up two games to nothing over Florida. Like that contract for Bobrovsky, I think they're gonna they're gonna regret that. Uh, and then you know, you witness firsthand what Barry Trotz can do as a coach. I mean, and and they have a specific style as well. Well, it, it's funny that you look at Bobrovsky. Just a quick point on him: Who did he play for before? He looked Torts. unbelievable playing for John Tortorella. Hunter Klenfuss looked unbelievable playing for Tortorella. You know, the commitment he gets from his players, but then Barry Trotz has that commitment. And then the secret to his success, he's got two really good people with him. And Mitch Korn, a goaltending coach, who is the all-time best, wow. in my opinion, and what he's been able to do to goaltenders and help their game. I look at so many goaltenders out there, and I go, man, I wish that kid could have, you know, Mitch for a season and, and get his game turned around. But you can't just have a good goaltender if your team's not playing well without the puck and Trotsky's team probably plays better without the puck than any team in the National Hockey League and he's got more of a buy-in now from what he says because not a guy that loses in the playoffs he found a way to win with the Caps and with the younger roster the year they did it so he had immediate buy-in from the Islanders they worked so hard it's the hardest team to get to the net on especially if they score the first goal and after that they're just going to punish you and win every single puck battle so they, they play a gritty gritty brand of hockey and I think it's the teams that play the most grit go all the way you know like my capitals if they don't play gritty they're out early if they play gritty they've got a chance to go a long way you mentioned mitch corn look what he did for robin laner i mean he jump-started his career there's no other way to say it right absolutely and you know what and, and the the conversation not just the techniques he uses on the ice what he uses and teaching them how to build up their core muscles uh his goaltenders are strong i hope he already worked amazingly hard before but Mitch took him to the next level. Robin Leonard, you know, he had a lot of issues in his life, and I think having a guy like Mitch around him and working with him and, you know, the way he speaks to his guys, he treats them like humans, he treats them like a son, a brother, a friend. You know, he's just a phenomenal human being. And, you know, guys start to believe in themselves, and they believe in the work that Mitch does. And Robin Leonard, I, I, I love his story, and I love the fact that, you know, he, he's able to, you know, share with a few teams, they, they messed up big time, and, and not keeping him, not signing him, He's a phenomenal talent, and uh, he's shown that he can do it on his own without Mitch being there. Hey, uh, just a thought here before we switch to the West. Uh, well, it's kind of tied to the West. St. Louis, in the sort of through the exhibition game and the round robin uh, for the, the top four, they haven't been terrific. And Boston has been, you know, I'd say a little bit lack. Those two teams went to the Stanley Cup final. Boston was home and cooled in first place. Uh, I don't, to me, right now, Boston doesn't look right. What about you? 
No, and I took them in the, the these teams in the round robin probably to get schooled the most because right now the biggest thing, and you saw what the Oilers did from game one to two, without their play without the puck, the puck management. And the Bruins rely on a, a high-speed game. Everyone's in. It's a lot of perimeter. It's not old-fashioned Bruins hockey. They play a fast game, and if you let them play that way, they can annihilate you. But you've got to keep them outside. And right now, you know, the fancy puck movement's not there. There's a lot of turnovers, giveaways, you know, just bad plays in general. You know, too much one-on-one uh, play from certain key players on their team, and it's not enough of a team effort right now. You know, and, and then you flip over to the St. Louis Blues. I, I think for them, it's easier to write their ship than any team in the league. And once again, they're in the round robin qualifier. So by the time they get to their first game, you can bet that they're going to be so hard to get to the net on. And I know last year when they started their turnaround against the Capitals, you know, it was the first game around January 2nd. They were last place. They schooled the Caps that night. The Caps looked like a youth hockey team, like eight, nine, ten-year-olds trying to get to the net. They couldn't get to the net. The next time they come two, three weeks later, you think, is it a fluke? And it was even worse. They decimated the Caps in Capital One Arena. So I think it's all about the Blues, you know, keeping everyone to the outside. And the key to them is, you know, they, what they do without the puck on the back check, where they're forcing you to shoot from, you can't get to the net. And then their, their top guys have to be able to get the shots tonight, guys like Karan and Tarasenko. You, you need their offense. But to them, to me, everything Chief does is about hard work and old-fashioned, you know, grit your teeth type of hockey. And he still lets his skilled players play the skill game. You know, he wouldn't take a Connor McDavid and have him skating back with the neutral zone every game and getting 50 points a season. You know, he'd want Connor getting his 200 points but still playing, you know, great defensive hockey. So I still believe in the St. Louis Blues, and I still think we're going to see them in the at least the conference finals when it's all said and done. I know as a former Oiler, you watch Edmonton play uh, the Edmonton-Chicago series. Let's, let's call let's say it the way it is here, Al. This is unlike any of the other qualifiers. I mean, it's, you know, there's been 19 goals in two games. It kind of says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, it uh, it's a little old-fashioned, but to me, the Oilers, they, they got caught sweeping a lot like the Capitals yesterday in the first year of the Can we lose, Al? Team. Can you hear me? No. Yeah, we got you now. Yeah, go ahead, Al. Okay, Dave I'm, I'm sorry. Well, anyways, the Dave Tippett team, they always work hard. They're excellent without the puck. And they didn't do that in the first period. Chicago snuck up on them the first game. But yesterday, it was back to keeping Chicago to the perimeter. They've got a lot of good young players in Chicago that have never had to focus on, you know, defense and grit. And I look at what what tips the guys he's brought in there, Chase on Neal, you know, those guys have fit in very well. Zach Cash, and they put up a lot of grit, and I think that's important right now. And cut back more to the fundamental basics of defense, and you still allowed your top players to play their game. But to me, the Oilers are having success. They've got to key up on the defensive side of the puck. And, you know, McDavid's still going to get his goals. He's going to get his points. Dreisaitl will as well. Uh, but you've got to make sure that it's about work ethic without the puck if they want to go too far. All right, and I'm just going to ask you a final question on Matthew Kachuk, Calgary, Winnipeg. Look, Calgary's a team that can back it up when they're playing. I'm not sure Ronaldo's going to play today, but when they got Lucic and Ronaldo in the lineup, nobody else has guys like that in the league anymore. Uh, but what would have happened to Matthew Kachuk if, uh, when you were with the Washington Capitals, if he'd gone after, I don't know, say Mike Gartner uh, back in the day or uh, – you know, I, I would say Dale Hunter, but Dale would be just as likely to back it up himself and spear him. A uh, little bit different time back when you played, eh? Yeah, well, it's absolutely completely different. And, you know, Kachuk plays the same style every night regardless, and he's easy to hate and he's easy to like at the same time. 
But uh, I don't think he's at fault the other night with, with the incident that occurred. I, I don't think that it was intentional at all. Uh, it, it was a freak thing. But at the same time, he, he was going after one of the top players physically. And I've got no problem with that. It was an unfortunate incident. But at the same time, it's a playoff game. And you cannot take matters into your own hands. And all of a sudden, throw your team out of whack, get yourself suspended uh, for going after him. So, you know, Matthew Kachuk understands that role. It's a matter of everyone on the other teams trying to get their pound of flesh early in the game before Matthew Kachuk can go out there and do it to someone themselves. So, you know what, he's easy to hate, but I'll tell you what, he'd probably be the second most, third most, I have to say, popular player in Edmonton if he was wearing that Oilers jersey. Oh, there's there's no question. You'd love to have him on his team. And, you know, uh, Al, you know this. I mean, he he challenged Blake Wheeler to a fight right off the face-off the open, start of the game. At the start of the game, before that hit had ever occurred, like he was looking to get the, the Flames engaged right from the get-go. So he is... He's a, he's their best forward by far. It's not even close. He's the he's involved well, in everything. He, he wants to get in their kitchen, and he does a great job of it. And he starts right off the bat, so he's got everyone thinking about him. He's got everyone off kilter, and it's kind of a genius move on his part. So what you have to do the next game, you know, they're going to be belly aching, and Paul Maurice seems to belly ache more than anyone. Uh, they, they belly ache about it. They talk about him. They're so focused on him. The bottom line is you got to worry about the scoreboard. And if you're going to let Kachuk have that, I, I would say if I'm a coach and I'm playing against Kachuk's team, I don't pay any attention to him. But anytime he does anything, you go back to the old days, you just say, next, you tell one of the players, Johnny Gaudreau, whoever it is, you just tell them on a hand, hey, if he does anything like that again, I'm just going to pound you into the ice. And people won't like to hear that, but that stuff does happen on the ice, and it does get that player thinking about what that player is doing on, on their team. So, you know, Kachuk. Goudreau could go, hey, tone it down a little bit. Now you got a little bit of friction there, and then you got Goudreau thinking about other things other than scoring goals and dangling with the puck. So, you know, it's just a, it's gamesmanship of the game, and his dad is a, a longtime NHL player that played with a lot of grit, a lot of sandpaper, and obviously it's fed off to those two kids. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, when you played, was there one, like, it was a close, who was the guy that did that kind of stuff that was a pretty good player that you had to deliver the message to other guys on uh, on, on that team to? Well, Claude Lemieux was the guy that everyone hated in the league. I actually admired watching. I used to love watching him play as a player. He, he, you know, when he was playing in the playoffs, it seemed like, you know, if you went two, three, four overtimes, he got faster and faster and meaner and meaner. But you had to you had to take care of him no matter what. When he was doing it, because it was a different time, you could force him to drop his gloves, you know, whether it was, you know, get your stick to, to make him respond or what, whatever it was. The game was played drastically different. It was a yep. far different time than it is now, and I've got no problem with the game evolving. But, you know, he, he more than once had to drop his gloves against the Cavs because there would be four and five of us go right after him in a scrum, basically pull his gloves off, and, you know, he, he would be forced to fight that way. And it seemed like we always got the better of him. But, you know, he, he was just doing his everyday job, you know, but he got guys – under their skin so much that they were they were fighting with a lot of hate in their games going after him. So it's just once again completely different time. There was guys like Bob Erie that were good hockey players that would, you know they they you know slash and whack Pat Verbeek. But you had to send them messages. And a regular season game, they, they were they were fair game. They, you know the coaches didn't mind if you took a penalty on those guys to send a message to them because they would go over the line with the slashes, the cross checks, the hits from behind, and uh, they were really good hockey players at the same time. Al, hey, we appreciate uh, the time. We'll do it again. Enjoy the playoffs. We'll talk in a couple of weeks, okay? 
All right, stop. Thanks for having me. Take care. You bet. That is Washington Capitals broadcaster Al May. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50 years. Royal Pizza is offering curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, eight of which are dine-in. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. We'll take a two-minute timeout, wrap up the show of this day in Oilers history when we return. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. He was pretty good yesterday. All right, on this date in 1999, Brendan Escott, what happened? Former Oilers goaltender Bill Ranford re-signs with the team after six seasons split between Boston, Washington, Tampa, and Detroit in his first stint with the Oilers. The 1990 Con Smythe winner would play his final 16 NHL games in Oilers colors before retiring after the 99-2000 season. Coming up tonight on Inside Sports, Reed Wilkins from 6 till 8 p.m. We'll be back tomorrow with Brian Lawton, David Staples, and John Shannon. And up next, the global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Have a terrific Tuesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.